Bucketheads, what's up? It's Joe with at CBB DFS. With me as always, Mr. Bird. Bird, what's going on, buddy? Uh, Joseph, not much, man. We got we survived the snowpocalypse, so we did. So life life is good. Yeah, done shoveling for at least a couple of days. Yeah, I thought my neighbor across the street was gonna die, so I went over there and helped him out. But man, oh, that's should, good Samaritan points. Yeah, I'm hoping you know maybe I'll get a. Maybe I'll get some, yeah, maybe I'll get lucky here this weekend. We have a divorcee old lady neighbor and all of our kids have left the house and I just drank my warm cup of coffee and watched her shovel her driveway. <laughs> so, so Such a so, heel. So you uh, definitely uh, earned more points than I did, but it was a lot of snow. I mean, come on. Yeah, it was horrible. Nobody wanted to be out in that crap. But thankfully, we didn't have too too many weather cancellations. Basketball continued, and it was a pretty good week for college basketball, I'd say. Yeah, things have stabilized really well overall. So um, you know, things are looking good. We got another $5,000 to first um, on the main DraftKings slate tomorrow, 12 games. As usual, we wish that was a little bit lower, but life will continue. We will move on. Um, we're we're going to try to do, the, do this one quicker, right, Joe? Let's try to knock this one out. Yeah, we ran a little lengthy last time, went over an hour. Um, I think uh, when we do that, we tend to give you more plays, which is not a bad thing, but where where do you draw the line at the value add, right? You know, we want to give you the good plays, get in and out, and if there's a game we should stay away from, we should really stay away from it. Yep, and there's a few of those on this slate, so we'll try to do our best to, to be short and concise on those and, and really just give you the give you the meat and potatoes, and we'll save the, the sides for for your own research. Sounds good. Now I'm getting hungry again. Well, let's get started. You want to jump right into Illinois, Indiana, right out the gate? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, it looks like uh, Indiana. So we're going to use Ken Palm lines. Uh, Indiana is projected to win 68-67. So that's an over-under of 135. Uh, Illinois does a really good job of eliminating the three-point shot. And, and then Indiana is fifth in two-point field goal defense. And so that's probably not great for Kofi. Um, no. But... I'm not sure you can stop Kofi anyway. I'm not sure it matters. So, so any thoughts sure on this couldn't. one, Joe? Wisconsin sure couldn't stop him. Uh, no. <laughs> no. So if you're someone who likes good form, you know, a 54 burger against Wisconsin is is a good thing. Um, I, I like Kofi at 9,300, considering there are people in that same price range that I'm definitely staying off. Um, there's no concerns about lingering injury issues 30 minutes 33 minutes in his last two and as we mentioned a 54 burger against wisconsin um you know iu does have some big some athletic bigs in tjd and race um which at least will give him a bit of a challenge but uh I, i'm not necessarily scared of him at that price point anybody else for illinois stand out for you bird i know their backcourts with curbello coming back is still kind of figuring itself out but was there anything you liked on the Illinois side? Yeah, I think Carbello is kind of the X factor at 5,900, uh, working his way back um, from from an illness and, and you know the concussion and, and all of that. You know, if he if he does play, you know his his typical role of you know 25 or 30 minutes, he could smash at that price. Uh, it's just kind of a question mark, I guess, of of how much he's going to play. Um, otherwise, you know, obviously Illinois has a lot of great role players. We, you know, you and I love the concept of a role player and doing, yeah. doing your job and things like that, but it's not so great from a DFS perspective. So I don't think we can pay like 7,300 for Trent Frazier. I'm not sure I trust Granderson day in and day out. Um, it's really hard to 
pick one of these ancillary guys. They're awesome teammates, awesome players. Uh, they fit really well together, but just from a DFS perspective, it's a little, it's a little shaky. Yeah. Six guys over or close to 6,000 bucks. And then it yeah. drops down to 38. You, you can't trust Coleman Hawkins right now. Um, so no, I don't really see much value on the Illinois side of this. How about yep. on the Indiana? How about on the Indiana side? Do you like TJD? Yeah, I think we always kind of like TJD. He's a guy we've we've played a lot. He feels really safe at that 8,600 price point. I think he's had over 30 DK in all but two games this season. Um, he averaged 15 points and 12 rebounds versus Illinois last year, and, and so I think he's fine. I, I don't I don't know if he's necessarily going to smash the slate, but I don't think he's going to hurt you either. What 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 are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, TJD is safe, and I think for 8,600, you know, 700 less than Kofi. Um, you could get the same type of production. Um, now, Kofi's probably the, got more upside, but at the same time, uh, I don't have any issues with TJD. Anytime someone averages close to 40 DK a game and is coming in under $9,000, you got to give them some serious look. Um, I, I'm probably a little less off race. Um, now, he's down at 7,300. Uh, and then you got Xavier Johnson at 7,200. Xavier's in really good form right now, but you know, his game uh, kind of counters with what Illinois does well defensively. So that might be a little pricey for me as well. Um, anything on the Illinois side or excuse me, the Indiana side that you really like? No, I think you hit on the ones there. Like you said, uh, Xavier Johnson's in great form, really race Thompson's in great form too, but they both feel, you know, there are those price points that don't really just there. There's, there's just nothing special about those price points. Um, fantasy is going to be out again. Uh, Trey Galloway paid, played 25 minutes last time at 4,300. Didn't do a whole lot, um, but he's going to be on the floor. I'm probably, you know, overall, I I think it's Kofi, TJD, and, and and maybe look for other spots. Yeah, yeah. And again, 135 is the over-under here, so there's probably better places. Um, and those better places aren't in the next game with Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Rivalry game, Oklahoma State is a two-point favorite at home. 66-64 is what Ken Palm thinks. That's an over-under total of 130. Bird, you're our Big 12 guy. Level set us for this one. Yeah, I think all the Big 12 games kind of – well, uh, with the exception of maybe one – um, are just a little bit rough in terms of the over-unders. Um, you know, OU is going to stop the the three. They they really defend the three well. Um, it is, you know, for, for Oklahoma, they do get a pace-up game. Oklahoma State wants to play fast, but they are top 20 in, in adjusted efficiency defensively. I we, We've talked about this before. I'm just kind of lost on the Sooners at this point. Um, I think Goldwire at 5,600 is fine. He's got 4X or better in three of his last five games. Um, it was nice to see Harkless get some more minutes finally last game. But but honestly, on a 12-game slate uh, on the road against a tough defense, it's just really hard for me to press the button on any Sooners. Did, did, am I missing somebody? Did anybody stand out to you? No, the Sooners team, they've lost seven of nine. It's not, uh, not a team I'm targeting. I think they're trending in the wrong direction. Um, you talked about their lack of athleticism in some spots. Yeah. And – while they're a hard-nosed team that plays plays really good defense, um, that that athleticism once you get into the the doldrums of conference play is really starting to catch up to them. Yeah, it, it sure is. And uh, you know, Oklahoma State doesn't have a guy down low like Walker Kessler, Walker Kessler that we we said was going to destroy them, and and he did. Um, so, so that's one good thing, I guess. But from the Oklahoma State perspective, you know, so Bryce Williams is probably going to be back, and so that just adds another guard to their rotation of 
a million guards to begin with. And, and so the same thing, you know, Bryce Thompson, the, the former KU, former five-star, is really kind of becoming their alpha scorer a little bit. Um, but he just scores and he doesn't do anything else. He's, he just puts the ball in the basket and, and then kind of just watches otherwise. Uh, Isaac Likely is a guy who can fill up the stat sheet, but he's only cracked 30 DK twice this season. Uh, Avery Anderson has had a couple smash games, but with Williams back, with Rondell Walker playing pretty well, I, I just there, there's too many guards, too many bodies um, for me to try to pick which one is going to do well over under 130, probably just looking elsewhere. Yeah, and like you said, nothing really in the post to look at in this game. I had likely highlighted as well. Uh, I know uh, this is probably more for a cash build because he hasn't shown a lot of ceiling outside of the Iowa State game where he had 37 DK. But um, and and I wish he wasn't priced up. But he he's one of those grinder guys who's gonna have that nice safe floor because of his ancillary production. Yep, for a kid who can't shoot, he really does. He does pretty darn well. He does. Let's, uh, you want to uh, move on the Wake Forest, Florida State? Yeah, let's do that. One of the higher overrunners on the slate at 145. Yeah, and you know you're what? A, you're a, wait, and Wake Forest is your adopted team this year, correct? Oh, my gosh. I love them. They're awesome. <laughs> like, we, I picked them in, like, game two of the season. I was like, oh, this team's got something. And, you know, they don't play much defense, but they're fun to watch. And, and, and Alondis Williams and, and Laravia are just – they're just nails. Like, they're super, super good. So, Wake Forest, 53rd in tempo. Uh, they won the first matchup against Florida State 76 to 54 back in January. And Florida State's missing a bunch. Osborne's out. Uh, Polite's out. Uh, McLeod's out. So a lot of, uh, which is probably a good thing for Florida State because they they play such a deep bench. Maybe now we can isolate a couple of guys, Joe? Yeah. No, I, I agree. That's, that's kind of where my mind went there as well. Uh, I mean, I know you have a love-hate relationship with Caleb Mills, but I don't hate him, especially at 6000 bucks. We talked about the six-man for Illinois for 5900 Here you can get a starting point guard who leads the team in usage and shot share for six for $100 more. You know this game's going to be a little higher paced and a little higher over-under than anyone we've talked about so far. Um, so that's the direction I might look at. Uh, Cleveland, 6300 Again, a couple hundred dollars more. Again, another good spot for him. Uh, he also has very similar shot share and usage rates. So those are the two names that really stuck out to me for Florida State. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Raycon Evans is probably going to play all the minutes that he can handle um, down at 5,400. Uh, I, I do really, you know, <laughs> I, I, I love Caleb Mills. I mean, that 6,000 price tag at home against a Wake Forest team that, that really isn't going to lock in defensively. No. Um, I, I think he's got 30 DK upside. No, for sure. And that's 5x right there. And that's quick math. So I'm, I'm on my mathematical game. Man, oh man. You got a calculator there? That's you just. It's in it's in my brain. My um, Lord. Speaking of quick math, though, uh, are you going to pay $9,800 for Williams or $8,700 for Laravia for, against the Florida State team that historically has prided themselves on defense, even though this year's defense isn't what it used to be? Yeah, defense isn't what it used to be, um, and, and obviously with all those guys out, you're going to have some people playing minutes that that haven't played a ton this year, and there's probably a reason why um, that why they haven't played a lot. So, um, I, boy, Alondis Williams, so he's the price king on the entire slate. He does average seven DK points less on the road, um, so that's something that's important to point out. <laughs> I mean, he could get there, but 9800 is a lot to pay on the road. No, I agree. What about my guy, Musius, down here? Uh, Florida State's dreadful at defending the arc. This guy leads 
uh, wake in three-point attempts. He's knocking them down at about a 36% clip. He's someone who could get hot and for 5,500 could have a nice day. Yeah, Amusius was really good early in the season. And then now that Williamson is back and healthy, he's kind of almost taken over as that as that third scorer on, on the team. So yeah. I do think that hurts him a little bit. But I but I agree with you. He's got some GPP pop. Um, 5,500 is kind of just no man's land in terms of, of a price point. Um, we didn't hit on LaRavia much, but he did have 37 DK against Florida State the first time. And he's eleven hundred less than than Williams. Uh, still eighty seven hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's still a ton. I I'm probably not gonna pay that. Um, I'm probably not gonna pay that. I, I, I guess. But but he is he is very steady. He is very good. Um, and then I guess the only other person we probably didn't hit on from Florida State was John Butler. Played thirty one minutes last game. Really long. He's like seven two or seven three, but he plays the wing. Um. He, he scored 21 DK at 4,100, and he's going to have to play um, all game as well. So I, I don't think I'll pay up for these guys, but I wouldn't blame anybody if they did. I do think it's going to be an up-and-down game. Um, Florida State, like you said, is not the best defensive team on earth this year, and Wake Forest certainly isn't the best defensive team on earth. So uh, it's an intriguing game. Yeah. Hey, a quick note on Williams thinks you mentioned how he's back now and, and playing. And we talked about Florida State's three point defense being a little suspect. He's taken over five three point attempts in yeah. all but two games since Christmas. So yeah. uh, he, he's going to get those three balls up. And if they're good looks, he, he, he could have something. Yeah, he's cooking a little bit lately. So and, and they need that. They need another scorer. I mean, you can't just rely. It's great from a DFS perspective because you only have two guys to really focus on. But he he is playing pretty well lately. So this will be a fun game. I hope Wake Forest can take advantage of some of the Florida State injuries and, and get a win on the road. Sounds good. Hey, my neck of the woods next with uh, UConn and Villanova. Uh, my note, my key note here is great basketball game, not so great DFS game. Yeah, I think that's fair. So what do we have? Uh, Nova's projected to win 68 to 60. Uh, over under, that, that's an over under of 128. UConn, super good defensively. Number three in two-point field goal defense. 255th in tempo. Nova's 356th in tempo. Um, yeah, I mean, Joe, this this is this is your neck of the woods. You're an adopted UConn fan now as well. This year, uh, yeah. Yeah, this year I'm a UConn fan. Me and the AD are tight now. Um, oh, yeah, best friends. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I do really like this UConn team, but I, I don't really like this UConn team for DFS this Saturday. Pricing is just too high um, for a game that's going to be uh, kind of a clunker. Uh, not a clunker. It'll be a great game uh, with people making big shots and playing good defense. Uh, it'll be a, f- a good one to watch from that perspective. But from the perspective that we're talking about, I, I can't pay 9000 for Sonogo. He's been kind of in a mini rut lately. And RJ Cole at 7800 is a beast, but you don't know if it's going to be one of those RJ Cole games where he has to put the team on his back for the duration and carry them. He's more than capable of doing that, but there's games where Tyrese Martin is a major contributor. Um, Sonogo, obviously we've seen beast a couple of times. If I'm looking at a UConn play, I do like the form that Whaley's in. Um, Whaley had 37 DK last time out. His price is up to 5,300. This is a guy last year who was in the mid sixes consistently. And then with the emergence of Sonogo, he was just kind of pushed down the pecking order um, in DFS. And his price tag is slowly starting to creep back up, but he's a super athletic guy. And when he's engaged on the defensive end and rebounding, points are going to come too because he will look for his shot. He will step out and take a three. 
not always the prettiest threes, but you know, if they're going down, he's someone who can return value. So 37 DK in his last outing. And then he went five X this price point and two of the three before that. So he's in good form. Um, so if I'm looking at someone from the UConn side of this, I, I would, I'd say Whaley. Yeah. You called Whaley out uh, this week in the article and he went for seven X. So it was a, that was a great call. Love to see that, that increasing uh, minutes share, you know, 27 minutes, 31 minutes, 33 minutes. Uh, that's kind of the progression we like to see from a guy who is a proven commodity, a guy we saw, like you said, play very well last year. So it was, what about the Nova side? Nova side of this, again, we've seen Villanova have some real stinkers this year, right? We all remember the Baylor game. The game against Xavier was kind of ugly. Syracuse, everyone's running up the score on Syracuse. They didn't, even though they won. The first meeting with Marquette was really ugly. So this Villanova team is a ways away from being those classic Villanova teams that we remember with some elite scoring and a little bit of tempo and the ability to play that Jay Wright defense. It's a good team. I think there's still a month left in the season for them to get better, but they're not super deep. And uh, the pricing is kind of not very friendly for people wanting to play the Villanova side of things. Uh, Gillespie and Moore are their one-two punch. Moore's got this new dyed hairdo, and that hasn't sparked anything much in him. But, uh, you know, both those guys are at 75, 76, and 7,400. I'm not in love with that. Your boy Samuels is back over six again. We prefer him in the, you know, mid, mid mid-high fives. Um, Dixon's been great, but 5,800 is about right for him. Um, so I, I don't want to go crazy there. Daniels and Slater are the next two. And really that's the end of their bench with those two. Antoine doesn't necessarily count because you never can count on him. No, both of them are under five. So Daniels is 4,800 and Slater's 4,400. You have to pick one or the other though, you know, and normally both of them have the ability to go out and get 20 points, you know, 25 DK on a given night, but you don't ever know which one it's going to be. Game flow dictates it. And as we mentioned at the top game flow in this one doesn't look like it's going to be super DFS friendly. Yeah. It's, it's weird to see that Slater got the, you know, 33 minutes and then 30 minutes the last two games, but you know, 19 minutes, 19 minutes, 32 minutes, 16 minutes. I mean, his, his minutes are kind of all over the place. Um, it, it does so, you know, Moore's got a Moore's questionable with an ankle, but he played 38 minutes in that last game. I'm, I think he's probably going to be fine. I wouldn't really worry about that too much, but it's that game environment that we're probably worried about more than anything, right? Yeah, Moore's, Moore's, Moore's at home uh, where he's a good player. And uh, if I'm playing, picking between him and Gillespie, I'll typically go to Moore when he's the lesser of the two. Yeah. Well, no more on that game. Let's move hey. on to St. John's Butler, which, you know, so. This line stood out to me, you know, so Ken Palm's got it, St. John's 69, Butler 68, over-under of 137. You don't see many St. John's games that have an over-under less than 140 because of the way that they play, Um, but it just kind of, it just reinforces that playing teams at Butler, like they just, they want to slow things down, they want to ugly the game up, Um, and and, and that's exactly what they're going to try to do, 333rd in tempo. Um, so again, this is a big East game. What did you feel when you, when you saw this game and any pricing that, that stood out? Yeah. Yeah. Another. So here's the thing. I think Butler has shown the ability, um, to be able to win that battle of controlling tempo. Yeah. So, uh, I think one of the things Laval Jordan's done on that team has been able to impose that when you have a senior point guard, like Aaron, Aaron, uh, Aaron Thompson, Aaron Thompson you yeah. know? Yeah. I mean, that's, it's easy to put the ball in his hand and say, slow this game down. Let's get into the offense. Um, on the Butler side of this, 
you like players that are being paced up, right? So that their their pricing is a little more uh, a little more uh, delightful to us than the St. John's pricing, where they're going to get slowed way down. So when you look at this from a DFS perspective, uh, while I'm not in love with the St. John's plays. I do like some of the Butler plays on here. We did already talk about Aaron Thompson at 6,300. He's getting paced up. Chuck Harris, you know, he's 5,800. I know he's a headache, but 29% shot share, 30 minutes in three of his last four. If he's going to play 30 minutes against, if any guard with a 29% shot share is playing 30 minutes against St. John's, you have to consider them for your lineup, right? Yep. Yep. I think that's fair. And we, Bo Hodges, you know, he struggled lately, but he's still, you know, getting usage. He's still a guy who can fill up the stat sheet. And, and again, you're going to get that paced up atmosphere. Uh, he's a guy who who could take advantage of that. I agree. And, and I, again, my guy, Lukosius, uh, he could get home yes. as well. Uh, 5,100. He, he, this game, having more possessions and him having some good looks, that could be something we want to take advantage of. On the St. John things, things, my boy Aaron Wheeler, he keeps getting priced up, um, I, but he's continuing to hit value even though they keep pricing him up. He's at 6,700 now. I think I said last time when he went to 62, I'm getting close to pumping the brakes on him. At 67, I'm even closer to pumping the brakes on him, but maybe he's got one more left in him. I'm not sure. Um, Adewusu is a good player. His price is coming down, uh, which is someone I might consider. But outside of that, I'm not probably going to go nine five for Champagny and 8,800 8, for Posh. I just it's too much for a game that I think Butler will control the tempo. Yeah, gosh, talk about a you know a difference. What what a difference a game makes going from playing Georgetown's defense to to going on the road to Butler. <laughs> like it's just for, you couldn't be sure. any different. Yeah, for and sure. Wheeler has slowed down a little bit with his price. His price continues to rise, but he's you know 18 DK, 24 DK, 7 DK. Like he he he's starting to price himself out a little bit i think especially on the yeah road. yeah especially on the road especially in this game environment again he was really fun when he was 4400 for about two weeks and then the world caught up with us yeah and soriano killed georgetown but again that's georgetown i, I don't think he's going to do the same thing and he's only 5200 but he 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 does have some some big games every once in a while but it's really hard to predict and it just he doesn't play enough minutes to feel really confident about it no, no, and that that St. John's team's really, really, really unpredictable. That's the best thing. I can, that's the best way I can de- describe them. Yep. Yeah, so let's, let's get on to go... something a little quicker, a little, yes. little more tempo, tempo positive, and that's Auburn and UGA. Um, that uh, is Auburn nineteen point favorites according to Kempom. Over under here is one fifty three. Um, both teams here are top eighty in tempo. Uh, Georgia's bad. Um, they did get their win at home against uh, Alabama, which no one saw coming. Uh, but uh, I don't know, Bird. Uh, this is another one of those games where I I love Auburn a ton in this game. They're going to win by a million. They won the first meeting by 23. But in that game, six different Tigers had double figures. No one played over 27 minutes. Uh, so it's hard for me with the way the Auburn Tigers are priced to make any recommendations. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. Um, Kessler's been arguably one of the best players in the nation over the last couple of weeks. I mean, he's been absolutely incredible. I, I don't know why they kept trying to drive to the basket last game against Auburn. When I mean, he's just <laughs> sitting there waiting to, to block your shot or, or change your shot. And they just kept coming at him, kept coming at him. 
and he just smashed. I mean, it was just a complete. Well, that's that's Oates though. That's layup or three. That's that's yeah. his offense. That's what he wants to do. Kessler in the first meeting here, he had 15 points and six block shots. Didn't do a ton of rebounding, um, but that's something. Wendell Green had 12 points and dished out 11 assists uh, in the first meeting. Uh, UGA uh, is really bad on defense, so they can do whatever they want. I just worry about. Um, Bruce Pearl giving people a little bit of a break in this one. And uh, I don't know, hard to, hard to, hard to like the Tigers. Yep. Jasper starts. He's 3,100. Yeah. I mean, he, he's, he's okay. Um, he's, he's a guy. <laughs> he is. I, I, I still, you know, for 1300 last Jabari Smith is just, I mean, he's, he's just so good. He, he's just so good. I, I just don't, I wish he would show a little bit more smash potential. I guess he has the 46 against Oklahoma, but, um, you know, then you'd have, you'd have to go all the way back to early January when he got above 40. So it just seems like I, I just wish he had that a little bit more often. And, and then Wendell Green just seems like if if it's a big like if it was a, a game day type of environment, yep. I'd plug him in because, you know, he's going to smash. Like if the, if the lights are on, he's going to go completely nuts. Uh, nobody's going to watch this game because Georgia stinks. And so I, 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 I just I, I think he could have a, a, a solid game, but nothing. You know, he's not going to go bananas, I don't think. So what about the KD Johnson revenge narrative coming back to Georgia where he spent his freshman year with Ant-Man? Um, now, in the first meeting, he had 12 um, at home, but he only played 23 minutes. Again, they didn't necessarily need him. But maybe playing in front of that building, um, some Georgia basketball fans getting on him, 6,500. If you're a narrative guy, there's a narrative. Yeah, he's so fun to watch. He had that crowd completely amped um, against Alabama. It was He's fun. We're, we're kind of KD, KD guys, and so I, I would love to see him play really well against his, his former team. Yeah, no, I agree. And then I'll give you one more cheap Auburn name, uh, and, you know, and and that's that's Cardwell. You know, when you when you when you think about someone who could get a little extra minute, he normally gets about a points per minute, thirty six hundred. Again, you're 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 reaching here. Um, so yeah. not a recommendation per se, but. It, in this game where everyone's going to get some time, it, it, that's where you have to look, in my opinion. But let's go over to the Georgia side. We won't spend a lot of time here. Um, you know, the one note I did have on here is Cairo Okendo did not play in the first matchup. Yeah. He's 5,800. We know it's going to be a pacey game, 25% usage, 26% shot share. That's about the only Georgia Bulldog that stood out for me. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Cook's going to have the ball in his hand all game long. He's going to probably play right around 30 minutes, probably going to end up around between 4 and 5x, probably not a ton of ceiling. Um, but but in a pacey game at 6,200, that's not a horrible price to pay for a guy who's going to be on the court, you know, the majority of the game. Yeah. But let's let's move on again. Let's keep let's keep the train moving. Let's stay in the SEC. Tennessee, South Carolina. Um, this is the second time these two teams have meet met. Tennessee won the first meet matchup by 20 in Knoxville. Ken Palm has Tennessee winning again on the road, 70 to 62. I, I hate South Carolina this year. Yeah, they play fast, but they play everybody on their bench. They go 10 deep, playing 10 minutes. Um, Tennessee's an elite defensive team. It, it's just Again, another game that I just don't love. I like Josiah Jordan James at six thousand bucks just because he can keep that floor high and he's got a lot of uh, ability to uh, hit value and exceed value at that play. 
Viscovi and Chandler, 79 and 7,800. That's kind of a pick your poison deal. I'd probably lean Viscovi. He's a little safer, but Chandler, you know, had a big one last time out and, you know, he's someone who could be streaky. So I don't hate either of them. I like the fact that they're playing um, in a pace up game, but at the same time, you know, I don't, I don't love the, the game as a whole. Bird, do you have any South Carolina guys that stand out to you? I mean, you can pick one of 10. Yeah, oh my gosh. Well, Kuznard was starting to play a little bit more, and then they pulled back his minutes again. Like, yep. it's just so frustrating. We, we want to keep pressing the Keyshawn Bryant button, and he just, you know, he either does awesome or just, yep. just completely just disappears. So, uh, yeah, good luck. I mean, I guess Reese is probably your most steady option, but yeah. that's, that's yeah, not saying much either. It's not because he's not a he's not an alpha scorer, but he doesn't turn the ball over. He's a very efficient offensive player. And in conference play, he's actually playing 80 percent of the minutes. So Reese is someone that Frank Martin's keeping on the floor. So it's a safe play. Uh, Tennessee's a very good defense, so I'm not sure what you're going to get out of him. But he, like I said, he's not an offensive minded player, so he's probably just going to have his normal day. I think you're OK playing Reese at fifty three hundred. You talked about Keyshawn Bryant. Yeah, he's going to get six X or five total. <laughs> yeah. You know, that that's just how his last four games have gone. He's ridiculously talented. He was nine thousand dollars at one point last year. Yeah. Um, and now he's thirty nine hundred. I, I don't know what's going on uh, for the Gamecocks. And, you know, it, it it shows they're not they're not a very good team. This yeah. whatever this is, it's not working. Yeah, there's there's a lot of teams like this on the slate tonight where it's just. They have so much uncertainty. You know, why guess when when you can go find some other options? You, that can, are you can find eight stable. guys. You can find eight guys that you know a lot. You feel a lot better about on how they're, yeah. what they're going to be doing. Uh, yeah. There's no sense in gambling or going off your your weird hunches, um, yep. which has normally been my downfall. <laughs> <laughs> One more note on this game before we move on to ISU in Texas. Um, the Tennessee forward situation is a bit of a mess right now. So just stay away. One day it's Fulkerson. Then Plavisic will have a nice game. Nakahua has been there uh, a, a ton uh, off and on, but they're all around $5,000. Just stay away from it. Yeah, it's a mess. And yeah, I, I think we hit on that game really well. Um, we're we're going to go on to Texas, uh, Iowa State at Texas. This game has an over under of 118 per Ken Palm. Woo! Uh, we'll yeah, exciting stuff here. We'll be as quick as possible in this game. Uh, both teams are top 12 in defensive efficiency. Somehow, and I, I couldn't believe this, Iowa State won 79-70 to 70 the first time they played. I can't believe they scored that many points. And mm-hmm. Iowa State hasn't hit 70, has only hit 70 once since then, and that was in overtime. So they're, they're certainly not playing very well. Could you believe that score, though? I was shocked. No, no, I, I was shocked when you read that. Yeah, pretty crazy. Um, you know, so for Iowa State, Brockington's taken over 20 shots in two of the last three games. That's a good um, number. That's that is a lot of shots. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but it just shows that like they have, they're phenomenal defensively, but they have, they don't have much on offense right now. It's it's pretty ugly. I hate his price at 8,300. But Christ, if a guy's going to take 20 shots, you can you can at least think about him. I, I'm probably not going to play him, but boy oh boy, that's a lot of usage. What about Kalsher? 22 against Texas last time, got up 12 threes down yep. there at 5,100. You know he's going to play all game. Yeah, he's going to play all game. His price has creeped up just a little bit. TLC, your favorite songs, Creep, probably. Yes, um, one of them. One of them. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I th- he's fine, right? He's he's fine. Uh, Caleb Grill, you could look down all the way at 3,500. 
he has five X at this point in three straight three straight games. Uh, kid who can really shoot the ball well off the bench. Doesn't play the minutes that Kalshir gets, um, but a guy who is a great shooter, and that's a team that needs some offense. Um, so you could look down there. And then Tyrese Hunter played pretty well against uh, Texas the first time they played, but his salary is up about a thousand, um, and, and so that hurts his upside a little bit too. Sounds good for the Cyclones. Let's uh, go down to Texas. Getting a little let's healthier, not, it looks let's, like. Let's not go to Texas. But they're getting healthier. I hate this team. Why? Well, can you tell me why Brock Cunningham plays more minutes than Trey Mitchell and Dylan Dissu? Uh, no, I I cannot. It's a joke. I. It's a joke, uh, and they're they're in it shows like they have no identity. They have no. It, I. They're so frustrating to me. I mean, Timmy Allen's their most consistent guy. Uh, Marcus Carr and Courtney Ramey are going to play consistent minutes at guard. Uh, are, are we going to play any of those guys in a, in a game that might not even hit 120, according to Vegas? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm probably staying away. Yeah. It, it's, it's it, is, it, is, it is frustrating. You look at Christian Bishop, who had 23 DK in 17 minutes, but then the game before that, 11. The game before that, he was closer to the, you know, he was in the mid-20s again. It, do you have a sense on, you know, that four spot for this team at all? Or is it just the Timmy Allen show? Yeah, I mean, Allen's got that locked down, and then they they rotate in Bishop, and they rotate in Trey Mitchell, and they rotate in Dusu a little bit. Um, it, it's just, they're so frustrating. Andrew Jones is priced at nothing. What's his price now, 4700 He mm-hmm. was a guy who was a consistent 7K player last year. He barely even has a role on this team right now. Yeah. I, it, just, it just drives me crazy. This team drives me nuts. Well, then let's not spend any more time on him. Yes. Let's move on. I hate that team. <laughs> Another Big 12 thumb, game. I have my horns down right now. If we were on video. Oh, you're, you you're throwing them down? Yeah, I've got them down. Texas is not back. No, not yet. Texas Tech is back. Oh. Did you watch some, some of that game? That that crowd was absolutely electric uh, against Texas. It was awesome. So fun to yeah, watch. that was a crowd win. Yeah, I mean, we saw so we saw a Texas Tech crowd. That was completely bonkers. We saw an Auburn crowd that was completely bonkers. Like it's it's awesome. College basketball is so awesome mm-hmm. to have these teams that are just it, it's just I, I love it. Love college basketball. We we know that's why we do this. Oh, that's right. That makes sense now. <laughs> makes so sense. tell me a little bit about Texas Tech West Virginia. So Tech won the first matchup, seventy-eight sixty-five. Uh, obviously, we know Texas Tech's elite defensively. They don't give up anything inside the arc. You really have to shoot threes. To beat this team, uh, West Virginia really struggling right now. Uh, worst defense in the Big 12, um, but they do play at the fastest tempo in conference play, which is a great thing. Like, like so, that's positive for for our Texas Tech options, which is probably where we primarily want to look in, in this game. The Terrence Shannon thing is weird. Um, so, so he didn't play for the first 34 minutes of the game. I know I started Texas. him. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the game's kind of over, and they bring him in for blowout minutes. It just like it just didn't make any sense. It was super weird. His price is awesome. Like I would love to play him if I knew he was healthy, and he was going to play 30 minutes like he usually does. But I think he's got a back issue. You never know how those are, are going to work. Um, so let's keep an eye out on Shannon's status. Uh, it's hard to trust right now, given the just the kind of weird vibes from last game. If he doesn't yeah. play Adonis Arms at 4300. Would be worth a look, you know, right around 30 minutes in back-to-back games. 
He's gone 8x and 5x. Um, if you watched the Texas Tech-Kansas game, you watched Bryson Williams be unstoppable down low. Um, he's 6,600. West Virginia's defense is not great. And Williams really has 30, you know, 30 DK upside. Uh, Obener's played a little bit better lately. McCullough's pretty steady. Um, if if Taz Sherman doesn't play for West Virginia, this thing might get ugly, like, really fast. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Sherman's status. About Shannon's? Oh, about Sherman's status? Yeah, they just said that he's in concussion protocol, and, and they're just, you know, so uh, that's all they said. You know, Puggins didn't, <laughs> he didn't give a lot of information, which is not surprising. Right, that's that's very huggy bearish. Um, so Sam McNeil at five thousand. We talk about him every time they're on a slate. Um, anyone who can go out and get get buckets uh, yep. is someone you want to consider. Anybody else for West Virginia? Well, let's do this. Assuming Sherman does not play, besides McNeil, who else would you look that to give that lift to? Yeah, maybe Kadrian Johnson plays a little bit more. Thirty six hundred. Um, he he's played a little bit more minutes lately. Uh, Huggy Bear does like to kind of trick us every once in a while and play a weird rotation that that we're just not expecting. Um, but I think he, I think he would get more minutes at, at 3600. Again, it's against an elite elite defense, and so that's kind of scary. Malik Curry is going to would play uh, a lot more as well, and it, you know his minutes in production are kind of all over the place too. I, I did forget to mention, you know, if you're really looking to save some money uh, on the Texas Tech side, you could go down to Santos Silva at 4K. He's got five X in straight in, in three straight games. He hasn't really played a ton of minutes, um, but he could he could get there. And, and then Malik Wilson is all the way down at 3,200. He's gone 18 DK, 18 DK, 17 DK in his last three. And if you think this is going to be a blowout, which it very well could be, he could even see some more minutes. So there's like a like an almost unicorn down low that if you were just desperate for for a low priced guy, you could look at that. I like that. Yeah, but, but West Virginia is hard to figure out. If Sherman doesn't play, McNeil, I think, is a good value. A guy we know can shoot threes, and that's kind of how you have to beat Texas Tech is to shoot threes. Sounds good. Hey, let's flip over to the ACC, talk a little bit about Louisville-Syracuse. You want to set this one up? Uh, yeah, exciting game here. You know, So Syracuse is projected to win 77-70. to 70. That's an over-under of 147. Uh, Louisville's 15th in bench minutes. Uh, Malik Williams is out again. Uh, the reports I saw on Twitter said that, that they Louisville started to play hard again, though, which is, which is nice to see. Like, so, <laughs> um, they, they have a coach that they haven't given up on maybe. And, and so that's positive. And we know Cuse doesn't play defense. Uh, they give up a million offensive rebounds. So does anybody stand out to you from a, from a Louisville perspective? I think Matt Cross stands out 39 minutes against UNC had 40 DK and he's only 4,600, uh, that's something that'll stick out. Now, we did tout him a little bit before the Duke game, and that didn't come to fruition. He only played yeah. 18 minutes that game and ended with eight points. So the version of him that we were touting uh, showed up against North Carolina. The good news is his price is still down. Um, so if he gets that kind of production again, and if the team is starting to play a little bit harder, uh, I, I like Cross. Yeah, I, I think that, that makes a lot of sense. I think this is one of those games – where we talked about why go force action um, with some of those guys that we're just not so sure of the rotation when you can get a guy like Matt Cross, who's going to play probably 30 or more minutes when you can get a guy like L Ellis um, for 4k who went bananas in the second half last time, last time against UNC, he has 23 and 34 DK points over his last two games. And, you know, it is hard to trust anybody from Louisville, but at those price points, gosh, you know, if he plays 30 minutes at 4k, 
with that type of scoring upside, uh, that sounds awesome to me. Yeah, and even a little cheaper than that is Jalen Withers at 3,700. Um, 24 minutes with Williams out. You know, he should have uh, rebounding upside as well. Yeah, yep, especially I like that against a lot. the the 2-3 zone. You know, that we definitely want to look at rebounders in that type of matchup. Yeah, we want to look for shooters. We want to look for guys who can crash the offensive glass. So I, I do think there's finally some nice options from a Louisville perspective. They've been kind of frustrating all year long. Um, Syracuse, we kind of know what we're going to get, right? Like they're, they're going to play five, maybe six guys. Uh, we know that Buddy's going to get to shoot whenever he wants to because yep. they got nothing else to do. They just let, let his son shoot, his favorite son. <laughs> did he say that in an interview? Let's just say he did. I think he, it's implied. <laughs> it's It's implied. Does anybody yeah, so, else? Swider's been good lately. Is it anybody that, that looked good to you from a Syracuse side? Uh, I, I like Gerard. You know, you, you look at his, again, recent form, 40 last game. He he kind of broke out of a mini funk where he was 25, 11, 21. But this is a guy who's had 40 on a number of occasions. He's someone who could always have that big night. Um, so uh, Gerard for 6,900 is someone you can consider. Again, you're just talking about the six guys that they play. So yeah. you don't have to worry about minutes. Um, you know, that's that's the that's the one I would I would lean towards. I mean, you you mentioned Swider's in good form. Uh, same same price. Uh, I I don't like that the other Bayheim is seven thousand. He w- he used to be the cheapest of the group and was always a sneaky play. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, not, nothing really outside of that. I I can't pay up for Jesse Edwards. You're not Jesse's girl. I'm not Jesse's boy either. Um, oh. I, I mean, he was he was fun when he was 5,500, but he, yeah. I just he, he has a hard time hitting that value now that he's closer to eight. And I, I just I think you can spend that kind of money elsewhere. Yeah, I, I think so. I think it makes sense. Maybe either focus on the lower options or pay 500 more for Buddy because you know he might I mean, he could get 15 shots, 20 shots, uh, pretty easily. Why don't we move over to the Big East, Joe, um, with DePaul Xavier, which is, is going to be another fun game, over under of 145. Uh, both teams play top 100 tempo. Unfortunately, Javon uh, Freeman Liberty is out again, which stinks. Uh, yeah, that is that is unfortunate. But the good news is is it's it's opening up some value for us, and that's in Javon Johnson for DePaul, $3,700. Played 39 minutes at the game I was at, um, and he had played 31 the game before that. He had 31 DK. He's uh, seeing him in the perf in per in person. Um, this is a guy who. Uh, has been there before, you know, it's not as for, it's not his first rodeo. I think he was at Iowa state, no Iowa state and Troy, uh, were his two stops before this, but, uh, you know, big mature body, big guard, he's active. He's not afraid to shoot or take the open shot. I think at 3,700, I'm not saying he's going to replicate what Freeman Liberty has been doing, but I think he's going to be more than return value. Um, Xavier, obviously they're the, they're the best team in the big East right now. And it's, it's really, uh, excuse me. I'm crossing my teams up. Um, (laughs) uh, Xavier Providence is the best team in the big East by record, but Xavier is, uh, is good. They're, they're very good. And they won this matchup last meeting, 68 to 67. That was back on the 19th. Uh, Nunji had a big one in that one. He had 23 in that game. I'm not in love with Xavier's pricing. Um, I, I probably would say I like Nunji the best, considering that most of their four core guys are all over 7,000 bucks. And those are really the four main places that their offense comes from. 
you don't want to say anything about Fremantle playing a little bit better lately? <laughs> no, no, no. Nope. I'm going to, I'm going to just again, 7,000 bucks. Uh, you know, if, if he was the number two, like he was last year, then I would say all kinds of things about Fremantle at $7,000. Um, I tell you what, Scruggs is, as well is $7,700 to me. I, I look at that and I see value, but the way he's played this year, it's a cash game option. I can't, I can't recommend him for GPPs. Um, but last year we would have smashed him at that price point. Yeah, a guy we don't play a whole lot is Colby Jones, but his price is coming down. He's down to 7,200. He was at 8,200, I think, earlier this season. He had 34 DK against DePaul earlier, kind of a sloppy team where his athleticism, his bounce uh, can, can can be a factor. Um, I, I don't love the price point, but I think he's kind of interesting as a little bit of a cheaper option from Xavier. I, I like I like that his price is finally coming down. Yes. But I, I just I, I just don't I, he's extremely inconsistent. Um yeah. uh but he's someone who could easily return value and then some, but he's just too inconsistent for me for that price. Yep. The only the only other name I'll mention from DePaul is Yoranai, and and he was a guy at Oklahoma State uh a long time ago. Great shot blocker, elite, elite shot blocker. He's starting to see more minutes lately. And he's got, you know, so if you look back in January, he's got a 30 DK, a 28 DK, a 26 DK, a couple 21 DK, and he's down at 4,300. He's a guy who could really match some of that length that, that Xavier has down low, can really disrupt things and, and rebound the basketball. Um, and so I think he, you know, for 4,300, I think you could do worse in a game that has, you know, an over-under of 145, maybe a cheap way to get some exposure to it. Yeah, yep. But for the most part, just kind of putting a bow on this one, because, you know, that's what I like to do. Um, I really like Javen Johnson. I think Nunji's probably safe. You uh, and I makes a lot of sense for 4,300. Um, there's fun places to get exposure to this game, which should be pretty DFS friendly. Yeah. Yep. I like it. Why don't we finish this thing up? We got Michigan Purdue, uh, you know, at the beginning of the season, you would have been like, oh, wow, this is going to be an amazing game. Uh, Michigan has not been so amazing, uh, but they got Harbaugh back. So that's something. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they can they can uh, be overrated there too. Oh snap! Sorry, sorry. No, I got nothing against Michigan. Well, I kind of do, but that's for another topic for another day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Wolverines—they are on the road here. Purdue is an eleven-point favorite. Uh, Eighty-one seventy is what Ken Palm thinks. That's a total of one fifty-one. Um, both these teams. Uh, in the 200th and tempo. Yeah. So we're not getting a track meet, um, for, for the scoring that we're going to get, um, Michigan, you know, they're struggling defensively this year. That's the main reason why they haven't been as good. Um, I'm, I don't really love many of their plays here. Uh, Dickinson's 9,100. I, even though he smashed a bad Nebraska team, I, I'm not interested in that. Um, I know that you can get to Purdue from behind the arc, so maybe Houston or uh, Eli Brooks can be options. But I don't know, Bird, what do you think? Yeah, Dickinson had eight points, uh, three rebounds, six turnovers, four fouls last year against the big guys from Purdue. Um, so, so that's obviously worrisome for a guy who's 9,100. His recent form is great, but, um, I would agree with you. I'm probably not looking that way. Um, yeah, I think Brooks at 5,200 probably stood out to me the most, but, um, coming off a really nice game, but he's generally more of a four X option as well. So I didn't love a whole lot of these options from, from the Michigan side of things. 
Um, maybe that's tell you we what, just, maybe we just don't like Michigan. You know, I, well, but I someone I do don't mind for Michigan, and this is more leaning on splits. Uh, Diabate's averaging seven DK more on the road than he is at home, which is a really weird split. But this is a guy who had 29 against Michigan State. He's 5,800. You know, that could be a contrarian option, a good way for you to get a little sweat in the final tip of the day. Yep, I think that's fair. Uh, why don't we move over to the Purdue side? I mean, I think generally we we tend to target Jaden Ivey instead of trying to guess between um, between Williams and Edie fair. down low. But, but do you have a preference of the two bigs? Not really. Actually, we had a Twitter follower this week ask us if we could play them together. Um, now, we didn't, uh, you know, put a grandiose reply up, but the short answer of that is really probably not in GPPs, but in a cash lineup, you could probably do it. Um, they are very, very uh, similarly priced this time, which is which is normally that's my tiebreaker, right? <laughs> I'll take yeah. the cheaper of the two. Um, yeah. But uh, no, I, I I don't know, Bird. Yeah, I, yeah, neither one really stands out all, all that well. I'd, I'd probably lean Edie, but, and, and I agree with you what you said. Like they, they generally don't both smash. Uh, it's usually one or the other. So you want to probably flip a coin, in GPPs. Like you said, you could you could do it in cash, and and hope to get your combined sixty, um, which you'd be happy with. But but it probably wouldn't be enough for you to win a, a tournament with. Uh, agree. Agree 100%. Uh, Mason Gills is someone who's seen a little more time at the four because they can't figure out how to play Williams and Edie together. So Mason Gills is playing the four. Um, uh, 17 minutes last game, but 28, the one before that, 12, 28, 29, 43, 24, 25. So, you know, I would assume he gets around another 20, 25 minutes. Uh, it's not a not a sexy play at all, but, I mean, for 5000 bucks, he's someone who could be contributing. Yeah, and Eric Hunter as well down at 4,000. He's played over 30 minutes in three straight games. Uh, over his last four games, he's got a 24 DK, a 22 DK, and a 28 DK. So at 4,000, you know, not a bad way to to get some cheap exposure to a Purdue team that Ken Palm's got scoring 81 points at, at home tonight or tomorrow. Do you ever play Stefanovic? I never do. I mean, God, he's he's on his recent form is fantastic though. He's a, I mean, he's a phenomenal shooter. Yeah. No, he's legit. He reminds me of Sfi a little bit. Not as cool, but uh, the not old as Kansas. cool as Sfi. But but yes, <laughs> I think that's a good. I think that's a pretty fair. Maybe not as good of a rebounder as Sfi was, but man, he can he can really shoot. And his recent form is fantastic. I just it feels weird paying seventy one hundred for a guy who's obviously going to make a bunch of threes. Michigan does try to run teams off the three point line, um. So maybe this isn't the best spot for him. No, um, but, I wasn't recommending him. I was just legitimately curious if you ever played him. Cause I don't think no. I've ever rostered him again because you're paying for that shooter. Now he's 42% from deep. So, you know, that's a, it's a good shooter, but at the same yeah. time, it, it just, I, I, I never do. No, I never do either. I wish I would have been those when he was down in the low sixes and dropping 30 burgers, but, um, I did not. So, um, I, I do play Ivy a lot. I play, I play Ivy probably more than almost anybody in the Big Ten. He's really good though. I, I think uh, if I'm playing he's a Big so Ten person to tomorrow, the, I think if he's playing a, if I'm playing a Big Ten person tomorrow though, I'm I'm probably looking at that Kofi Coburn play. King Kofi. I think if I'm going Big Ten tomorrow, I think TJD again is fairly priced as well. What about you, Big Twelve? If you got to pay a Big Twelve player tomorrow, who are you going to take? 
Oh, crap. I know. Well, I gave you the, the crappy conference. I, yeah, it would have to be somebody from Texas Tech. Let me go back over here and look. Oh, geez. You know, I might try to punt on like a Santos Silva for 4K and see what happens. Or, I, you know what, I, you could play McNeil if uh, if Sherman's out. God, the, the Big 12's just, they're so good defensively this year. I kind of just don't like playing. I mean, I'd way rather go find one of those higher-priced games. You know, go try to find some Auburn-Georgia action or, you know, go try to find some Wake Forest-Florida State guys or, or those cheap Louisville plays that we talked about. I think those make a lot of sense to help yeah. you pay up for a Kofi, uh, maybe mm-hmm. you know, to help you pay up for some of these other big price names, you know, maybe go get some of that Auburn exposure. See if you have enough money to go get a Kessler, get your Hope demon game Deacons. Close. get your demon Deacons. Oh man. Get some LaRavia heat. Oh, that would be awesome. Oh yeah. Viva LaRavia. Viva LaRavia. Right. Well, that, we've lost our mind here late, so that's all right. That's all right. All uh, right. So, uh, we're good. We've covered all 12 games. We're at 55 minutes, so we're or somewhere around there. I don't know. Uh, we're definitely shorter than last time, so that's good for our listeners. They'll be happy about that. Anything yep. else? Oh, the Twitter, at CBB underscore DFS. The website, Bird. Uh, CBB-DFS.com. Prize picks. Prize picks, yes. Another good winner this week. Uh, use promo code CBBDFS. Get a hundred percent deposit match uh, and win win money. It's been just awesome this year. What else are we missing? Anything else? We do not, we do have a donate tab on the website. It's a little yellow button. You see it at, on all of our posts underneath them uh, as you scroll through. Anything? Appreciate any and all donations. Uh, as usual, we do this uh, for free um, because we love the game and we love our CBB community. Bird, is there anything else? If not, take us home. Yeah, so we'll post some prize picks in the morning. Uh, so we'll put three out there. Hopefully they'll win. Um, hopefully you and I will be out watching some basketball tomorrow night, maybe. And yeah, otherwise, that what's that? I said, let's make that happen. Oh, my gosh, that'd be awesome. Uh, it would also be awesome if our Bucketheads won all the money. So go do it, Bucketheads. Uh, have a great night. Have a great weekend. And we will be back on Monday. Peace.